I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Log, July 4th. There are people who stare at you intensely like you're the only person in the world. Some of those people come off as powerful and sexy. The rest seem like psychopaths. Brooke came across like a powerful psychopath who would fuck you to death the first chance she got. I avoided looking directly at her as I handed her the bottle of Pinot and rattled off the description written by the staff at the wine shop. It's black cherries and ripe plum. Uh, herbal notes with hints of chocolate and a strong tannin structure. If she'd asked me what a tannin structure was, I would have folded into an origami bird and flown away. She thanked us for the bottle and kissed us both in the cheek before inviting us to mingle. She gestured to the heart of the barbecue and disappeared. There were over a hundred really good looking people and then maybe a dozen normal looking people who were connected. I could count the people of color on two hands and the black people on one. I wanted to get a gin and tonic in me before even more people showed up. I'd taken a Xanax before we left, but I didn't know if it was gonna be enough. On the way to the bar, Victor spotted a couple of old friends whose families used to weaken in Bedford too. Weakened as a verb? Gross. I could see the rest of the night unraveling before me. A debate about whether Bitcoin was real currency or not. Which boat to buy and what marina is best for docking. Stocks. 
Victor had a surprising number of fucks to give, whereas I had none. A server came around with a tray of flatbread and fava beans, and I took the opportunity to stuff my mouth. It was gross. On what planet is this a barbecue? I said, mouth full. As new hedge fund bros approached, I excused myself to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Have I told you about my new company? Once I got inside, I tiptoed all the way to the master bedroom. The wood beams that went from floor to ceiling seemed right in line with Brooke's aesthetic. But the surprising things were the knickknacks. Can the top of an Egyptian coffin be called a knickknack? There were also a lot of little empty jars with cork toppers, little velvety drawstring bags. It all looked corny to me, not Instagram worthy. When I looked closer, I could see there were tiny carvings in the wood beams. Arrows, stars, triangles, and some symbols I didn't recognize. I took some pictures before I ran my finger over one of the carvings. Then I suddenly felt nauseous. Maybe the gin mixed with the zanny was a little too much. Realm presents If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It. Episode 2. I couldn't make it past the line of people waiting for the bathroom without explaining where I was coming from. So I just lined up behind Mommy Megan. Thank God she was too caught up in her phone to notice how I got there. When she looked up, I said, hi, and thanked her for helping me with the baby wipes the other day. We eventually started talking about how she met Brooke, Carmen, and Bibi. She knew Brooke and Carmen from high school in Manhattan, private, of course, and reconnected with them years later after her divorce. Side note, I clarified with Victor yesterday that he casually knew Brooke, Carmen, and Megan from the rich kid party scene in the city. He didn't call it that, but that's what it's called. I can't imagine that he didn't hit on Carmen. You really learn who your friends are when you divorce a powerful man. Other women treated me like I was a contagious disease, or like I was invisible. There was enough sour in Megan's voice to make lemonade. Brooke and Carmen sought me out. They wanted to talk about other things besides what had gone wrong in my marriage. And Bibi would always be where they were. I was their fourth for brunch. You should join us sometime. This was a nice offer, and I appreciated it. But I would rather die. Then I asked her what her sign was, even though I knew from an Instagram birthday post last year that she's a Cancer, like Victor. Cancers are tough nuts to crack, but once you let people in, you give lots of love. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> By the time it was her turn to go into the bathroom, I told Megan all the ins and outs of her sun sign. I guess I made her feel pretty comfortable, enough to invite me into the bathroom with her. I'm cool, I said, thinking she wanted to do cocaine together. That always happens to me at rich people parties. Come on, I want to show you something. She said. She pulled me into the bathroom and took a black and red marker from her titanic-sized purse. She drew red lips in the center of a piece of toilet paper and wrote her name in black on top of the lips and the name Sandy Mercer underneath. Who's Sandy? Shh. 
She's an incredible bitch who literally stinks. If someone out there tries to introduce you to her, run the other way. You'll smell her coming. I looked her up later. Sandy has created her own perfume, which one reviewer said, smelled like a drowned skunk washed up on shore wrapped in seaweed. Around the edges of the strip of toilet paper, Megan wrote down things like, Megan's ex won't even pay child support, and Megan's camera must put 50 pounds on her. And the worst one, in my opinion, Megan's daughter hates her and wants to live with her dad. Uh, did Sandy say that shit about you? Megan nodded and turned to face the toilet. She carefully tore off the part of the tissue with her name on it and put it in her pocket. She threw the rest in the toilet and took my hand. Sandy Mercer, keep my name out of your mouth. I reclaim my name and banish yours, so mote it be. I said, amen, wondering what kind of white girl witchcraft I had gotten myself into. You seem like an open person with all the astrology and everything. I hope my little spell didn't freak you out, but you know, two heads are better than one. (laughs) This little spell I just showed you is the most valuable one in Westchester. All of us need it now and then. I smiled and nodded. Awkward. Even more awkward than turning down cocaine. No problem, I said, and then we went back outside in separate directions. I thought about Brooke's private knickknacks and Megan's self-help spell, and I wondered if I could show the alternative side of influencers in my book. Something about their real weird selves rather than the selves they present. I searched the crowd for Victor and saw him talking with Bibi. Ugh. They were laughing together like they've known each other for years. Hey, babe. <laughs> Ugh, he was tipsy. <laughs> Bibi kept laughing. <laughs> Maybe she was tipsy too. Taking the rest of Victor's drink to catch up with their buzz, I tried to join in their conversation about goofy disco songs. Songs could be different back then. Now, they just run all the hit songs through an algorithm to analyze what people like best, so they can churn out more hits. It all sounds the same. You could argue they're providing music people like, Bibi said. No, I wouldn't argue that. This is what happens when art becomes commerce in a capitalistic society like ours. Other developed nations support the arts. I rambled on, but both their eyes started to glaze over. I think they even sobered up a little bit. The more desperate I felt, the wilder my hands moved. The wine I had grabbed from a passing server started sloshing around the glass. Bibi kept stepping away from me until she was far enough to have to excuse herself. Capitalism depends on the poor abdicating their present life for the dream of a rich afterlife. Victor said, quoting my first manuscript. I love the way your mind works, babe. I didn't want compliments. I wanted to leave. I was mad. I'm still mad. I hate how I let gatekeepers like BB make me feel so bad about myself. The rest of the night was awful. My stomach went back to being a little nervous, so I stood off on the edge of the party, pretending to drink a gin and tonic. I watched the goddesses float from conversation to conversation. Group picture to group picture. At some point, the four goddesses were standing together and they looked at me. 
Megan must have told them about the brunch offer. When we got back to the house, it was pretty late. Victor went right to bed. I can hear him snoring upstairs now. Ugh, his sinuses swell when he drinks red wine. Before I go upstairs, let me Google the symbols I saw on Brooke's wood beam. Are they glowing or is that a new iPhone feature? That is fucking weird. Wait, what is that? Victor! Holy shit. If there are ghost voices saying stay away on this recording when I rewind, we are getting the fuck out of here. Oh, drunk is not a great look for a woman. In every photo or video I see on people's Instagram feeds from Burke's Barbecue, Jenna has a drink in her hand. Oof. She threw up all night. Victor winces when I ask him about that night. She was angry the next morning. I had taken a sleeping pill. She couldn't wake me up when she got scared. Jenna tried to play the recording for me. I wouldn't indulge her. When you listened to the recording, did you hear any voices? I, I didn't. But I was grateful he had relented and let me listen to Jenna's recordings. After a lot of lobbying on my part and a little emotional blackmail. So I didn't want to sound condescending about her belief system. I can tell he has something else to confess. I learned this trick at Columbia. Silence. People will fill in the gaps. I take a sip of my chai tea and wait. God, this is delicious. That morning, we got into a big fight. The ghost talk, the voices. I thought she took an edible or something. Then she caught me going through her things. Jenna really let him have it. Those are Victor's words, not mine. The thing that struck me the most was Jenna saying she counted the brown people at the party in case the white people turned on her. It hurt me to think she felt like she couldn't depend on me. She was so vulnerable. My heart breaks even now thinking about Jenna having to live with those kinds of thoughts. After the fight, they had what he calls incredible makeup sex. How do I compete with that? Wait, what is that thought? I am here to help Victor find Jenna. Okay, let's focus. Look, almost 10% of people in the world have blue eyes. No need to get lost in this pair. God, if my life were the Bechdel test right now, I would be failing. (laughs) Should I stop listening to the recordings? I don't want to violate Jenna's privacy further. No, no, I, I think it's okay under these circumstances. Thank you, Elise. You're the best. I'm the best. Later, I decide to go to the police station in town to see if they're making any progress on Jenna's missing person case. Oh, awesome! There's Brooke across the street. I want to get her thoughts on Jenna's behavior at the barbecue. Hmm, okay, she doesn't seem to see me waving. I'll just pick up my pace here. (laughs) I would call out her name, but I'm not a construction worker. (laughs) Wow, Brooke is so fast! (laughs) 
wonder where she's going. Whoops! Ah! The hanging pot outside the me and Mrs. Jones Emporium falls right in front of me. Ugh. Oh, screw it. Brooke! I call out to no avail. I dodge Greta Billings rolling oranges as her grocery bag breaks. Ugh, plastic bags are terrible, but paper is just less reliable. I apologize for not helping her catch her runaway oranges as I speed up again to catch Brooke. She's not even going in the direction I'm supposed to be going in. Okay, people start bumping into me, though there's plenty of room on the sidewalk. Do I have my invisibility cloak on? Jeez! I say to no one in particular. I stop. Suddenly, people are no longer bumping into me. Strange. But Brooke is fully out of view now. Ugh, I'll catch up with her another time. Onward! Uh, well, I mean, backward! To the police station! Hi, my name is Elise. I'm here to see where we are in the search for Jenna Clayton. She's been missing for about 10 days. The officer's name tag says Myers. When I show Officer Myers the picture of Jenna and Victor from the missing poster, her eyes glaze over, literally, like instant cataracts. Are you okay? There is no Jenna Clayton in our system, and even if there were, you would not be authorized to have that information. Officer Myers says with a real Dawn of the Dead vibe in her voice, I'd be lying if I said the hairs on the back of my neck aren't standing up. I try to use my company ID as press credentials. It gets me nowhere. In fact, Officer Myers seems annoyed. She tells me that Jenna is an adult and it looks like she ran off. Jenna looks like the kind who would do that. I take exception to the word kind. How dare you, officer? You take one look at her picture and all of a sudden she's the kind who would run off? More than 64,000 black women and girls are currently missing in the United States, and you couldn't care less. I have never been happier to have a statistic on hand. I'm sad about it, too, obviously. (sighs) So many women of color lost. One thing at a time, like my psychiatrist, Dr. Gingham, says. I can't save everyone. Not save. Damn it! I demand to know how Officer Myers came to her obnoxious conclusion about Jenna when they haven't investigated her disappearance at all. She asks me if I have any evidence to the contrary. My heart burns a little bit. Maybe from the chai, maybe from passion, I don't know, but I can feel myself going off the rails. I will not be interrogated! I'm the one asking the questions here! I shout as Officer Myers comes from behind the counter. She grabs my arm. Keep your hands off me! I look around to see if anyone is recording this police brutality on their cell phone. No one is. That's okay. Go through our public relations team next time. Officer Myers says as she shoves me out the door. How dare she! Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. 
With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Log July 5th. All of these retrogrades are going to be fucking with me for months. I don't know how I'm going to push through. But if Pluto retrograde was responsible for the hot-ass sex Victor and I had this morning, <laughs> then I don't mind that one. He did not want me to give, only receive. I'm good with that. I never really noticed how much muscle definition he had in his shoulders and chest. But when he was holding himself up for 20 minutes while working my scenes, I could appreciate his form. I deleted the pictures from Brooke's bedroom. I got nauseous when looking at them last night, and even though it was probably either a bad reaction to the Zanny or Brooke's nasty bean mash that made me puke all night, I still associated the pictures with the smell of vomit. I went to the library in town and did some research about the history of capitalism in Westchester. It wasn't pop culture, but I figured it might spark some ideas. When I found some books about slavery in the area, a title popped into my head. From Slave Society to High Society. People always think of slavery in the South without acknowledging the North's own history with it. I could tie the legacy of slavery to influencer culture in Westchester today. I wasn't sure if I could get this idea past my agent, but I took notes anyway. Riding the bike back to the house, my mind was still on this book idea. And maybe that's what caused me to see a woman who looked just like me, standing on the side of the road, dressed in colonial clothes with her 4C hair pulled back. Colonial Jenna caused me to veer off the road into a small ditch. I skinned my left shin down to what my mom used to call the white meat. Suddenly, a brown hand came out of nowhere, and if it hadn't been as light as milky coffee, I would have flipped the fuck out, thinking Colonial Jenna was reaching out through time and space. <gasps> the hand belonged to Carmen. 
perfectly manicured, of course, and softer than a petting zoo bunny. Pretty nasty fall, she said. I looked around. Colonial Jenna was nowhere to be found. Carmen offered to give me a ride home in her car. No, 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 I'm, I'm good, I said, tucking my bad leg behind my good one. I could feel myself smearing blood all over my right calf. I wouldn't want to mess up your car anyway. Jenna, cars can be cleaned, she said. And I launched into this weird thing about cop shows proving that's not true. Blue light, CSI, the whole nine yards. She gave me her number and told me to text her when I got home. That was nice. Before I let you go, I just wanted to say I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to speak at Brooks Barbecue. I think my reflexes were delayed because of all the blood we pretended I wasn't losing. No problem. At least we didn't have people asking us if we were related. I could have left it at that, but I didn't. No way they were going to mistake me for you, though. You being so pretty and all. If Carmen tried to return the compliment, I'll never know. I picked up the bike, hopped on, and hoped I wouldn't pass out from the pain before I got to the house. When I made it home, Victor immediately dropped to his knees to get a good look at my leg. I told him about seeing Colonial Jenna, even though he was still getting over me hearing ghost voices last night. It was a warning. Saturn Retrograde is all about karma. Maybe I have some past karmic debt to work through. (laughs) Your brain is so creative. Maybe it was remixing the material you had just read in the library. I let it drop, sort of. More like I created a conversational diversion. Every Black writer in America has to write about it. It's what white editors want. Victor nodded in agreement. Who cares what they want? You're the artist. Don't work with anybody who doesn't get your artistic vision. Yuck. I shouldn't talk about stuff like this with him. This is Black folks' business. If I'm not careful, I'll be letting Victor help twist my hair, and we definitely are not there yet. I've now decided to go back to my money-for-nothing influencer book idea instead of writing about slavery. The goddesses seem to be welcoming me into their circle, but I don't trust it. Maybe they're being nice to me for more access to Victor. Is there a hashtag or something for this Jenna girl? I smile at the pink-haired woman in the shimmering silver bikini and silver boots. It's Labor Day, sweetie. Time to give up the metallics. Oh, she's taking a picture of the missing cards I'd printed. Everyone else has, too. I shouldn't have ordered so many. Pinky isn't the first one to ask about a hashtag, either. I feel so disorganized. I put the cards on a few tables scattered around the festival. When I arrive at the pie contest table, the organizer shakes her head. The contest should be fun. These cards are a bummer. (laughs) Is it a bummer because she was a black woman who's gone missing? Oh my god, I just used the past tense to describe Jenna. Okay, keep going. I bet if she were a white woman, you would want to make an announcement before the contest. Yeah! Some might call this an outburst. I call it a moment. (laughs) Out of the corner of my eye, 
I see Mommy Megan pull the organizer aside. The woman practically curtsies when Megan is done speaking with her and takes a stack of cards from me. As Megan approaches, she has more grace than I remember from high school. I am charmed. We fall into easy conversation. You know, Megan, I've been spending some time with Victor Richardson, and he told me about this toilet paper spell you shared with his girlfriend, Jenna. Oh, tell Victor I said hello. As for the spell, I think I saw it in a movie. The craft, maybe? It was a bonding moment. You know how people in this town talk? I was just trying to give her something to do in the face of gossip. She seemed like the anxious type. You understand? I do understand. Jenna was high-strung. Damn it, past tense again. Jenna is high-strung. Is. Megan, what do you think is the probability that I'll be able to land interviews with Carmen and Brooke for my gossip podcast about influencers? All very flattering, of course. And I would love to get a chance to talk with them about Jenna. Her lips press together and flatline. My goodness. Her voice lowers and I have to lean in to hear what she's saying. I know you want to help Jenna and probably yourself through Jenna, but you need to stay away from Brooke, especially right now. I'd ask her what she meant by helping myself, but yeah, I will not give it the dignity of a response. You remember how vicious Brooke would get in high school? Well, multiply that by 10 when she's disturbed during her creative process. She's working on a new sculpture right now. She says, offering me a piece of her pie. Oh, I'll take the tiniest slice. I never deny myself food. Everything in moderation. I learned that in fat camp at 13. Sabine sent me. Mommy Megan hands me a full slice. No one has ever gained a pound when eating my pies. In fact, a few have said they've lost weight after a few slices. They sell out every summer. I feel sad that she's not more body positive. Though all bodies are beautiful, Megan chimes. <laughs> Is she reading my mind? I say my farewell and go back to the B&B. I put my things down, have a few bites of pie, and catch sight of myself in the full-length mirror. Okay, I am glowing. <laughs> and it's not just perspiration from being outside at the festival. Look at me. I am beautiful. I'm the best, like Victor said. I really am. I'm a powerful being. And I will use my power to find Jenna. First, I need to come up with a hashtag. No, a campaign. Okay, maybe just a hashtag for now. I don't know. Hashtag black girl gone? No. Hashtag Jenna's life matters. Because it really does. Log, August 25th. I have landed somewhere safe. I don't think the witches will be able to find me here. I don't know. I just wanted to make this recording in case. I record, therefore I am. If I really go missing, the witch bitches did it.
You're listening to If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It, starring Gabory Sidibe. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. What happens when the proverbial Good Samaritan is a bad man? When a prison transport bus overturns on a mountain highway, Rayo, a convicted murderer a third of the way through a 20-year sentence, flees into the forest, putting significant distance between himself and the scene of the accident. Coming across a shack and a young boy who has been left chained to a tree to die, Rayo is forced to choose between rescuing the child, who seems all too familiar, and preserving his own precious freedom. Green Man is available wherever you listen to podcasts. If I Go Missing, The Witches Did It is executive produced by and stars Gabory Sidibe. Written by Pia Wilson and produced by Rhoda Bayessa and Haley Wagreich. Associate produced by Michael Coulter and executive produced by Molly Barton. Performed by Gabory Sidibe, Sarah Natacheni, Aaron Landon, Lena Klingeman, Tony D, Alba Ponce de Leon, Tiana Camacho, Jordan Belsky, Eli Gonzalez, and Andrew Lee. Directed by Kaylin West and Amanda Rose Smith. Sound design by Fred Greenhalge and Carter Wogan of Dagaz Media. Audio engineered by Corey Barton. Original theme music by Hashem Asadolahi. Cover art by Kendall Thomas with original illustration by Rochelle Baker.